0: human family thank you for tuning in i'm keenan white and i'll be sharing stories dialogues and methodologies for leading a conscious abundant life to me luminous is a word that connects us to our vital life force energy and soul essence your bioluminosity is a barometer for health a gauge for abundance true prosperity and a luminous way of life in this podcast i hope you find a more effortless way of tuning into the wisdom of your body soul and spirit We'll explore the many faces of medicine, creativity, and self-mastery as it evolves and spans into esoteric and ancient wisdom and modern paradigm shifts in consciousness. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode. Today, I've got Stephanie Kwong on today. Hey, Stephanie, what's going on?
1: Hey, Keenan. Thanks for having me on.
0: You're very welcome. Nice to have you. Yeah, so Stephanie spent over a decade in personal development industry. She's worked in the subconscious rewiring field as a coach, a hypnotherapist, a breathwork facilitator, and a teacher of self-love. Now she's serving her divine calling as a co-founder of the Rapid Rewire Method, which is a fascinating method that I would love to hear more about today. And you spent all this time as a hypnotherapist. Mm Mm-hmm providing a really interesting lens into this sort of new field that you're pioneering. Yep. Yeah. So plenty to talk about today. I can't wait to see how much we can unravel and dive in and just understand more about how people can work with rewiring their subconscious. Mm -hmm. Because really when it comes down to making change and transformation in our lives and calling in our deeper hearts, core desires the things that typically get in the way, I mean, are just the things we can't see.
1: Totally. So it's limitations, like the disempowering stories. That is the only thing that stops people from achieving, from having, from receiving, from manifesting, if we want to use that word, what they want. Like literally every possibility already exists of what we could have or be, but it's just a matter of, are you aligned to it? What you want or not? And most of us are actually not aligned. So we keep blocking or repelling the very things that we say that we want. So the rewire piece is so key because you got to align with what you want in order to, again, attract, receive, achieve the things that you desire.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And I feel like, like you said, well, we just talked about before we we hit record here, we're talking about manifestation and how that term and that word is so loaded I feel like alignment is almost kind of coming into that to the mix as well and it, and it's a word that it's like what does that really mean and maybe we can pause here and just kind of dissect that one a little bit and maybe feel into some of the energy that's around this word manifestation as well and maybe just kind of round out I would love to hear your perception of of the things that are being said around manifestation and then and then digging into this word alignment so to me I mean alignment is something that it happens and like you say it's it's this alignment to to your heart space. Mm-hmm. And i i mean very simply put i mean the way i see it is that alignment's alignment is happening with your heart. So mm-hmm. we tend to be in our minds and we tend to be running around and looking for maybe something external to us and to find that alignment it's like returning back home to the heart space. Mm-hmm. So what's your take?
1: Yeah, so it's funny, because when you hear people saying, I'm going to manifest, I'm going to manifest, I was like, you're actually already manifesting. Everything you have in your life, you've, and I'm air quoting, if you're listening, manifested, right? The good, the bad, um, what we're saying we want, don't want, is all of our own creation and manifestation. So it was just kind of interesting to me when people are like, oh, I want to manifest this, and it's like, or I want to be a be-, be a better manifester. And I was like, well, you actually are always creating right or attracting what it is that you say that you want and really what i've discovered is you know we can only attract or receive what we believe and many times when people are trying to attract all they think they need to do or to manifest is think that i want to think that i want it, think about the thing put create a vision board focus on it every day right do my affirmations and it's like affirmations can work cuz they're in the sense rewiring cuz that's one of the ways of subconscious rewiring is through repetition but it takes a long time. However, what happens a lot of times is people will say I want this thing, but what's out of alignment is what they believe about their worthiness or their ability to achieve the thing that they desire. Or there could be an unconscious belief that's there that's blocking them from achieving the very thing. So I'll give you some examples so it's not just like conversation but it's like actual tangible examples. Love it. Maybe I wanted love, right? Like for me I actually desired to attract a romantic partnership. My history, my past used to be attracting men who cheated. Now do I consciously want men who cheat? Of course not, right? When I'm telling myself of what I Consciously, desire is a healthy, faithful, loyal, loving, supportive relationship. And yet, what I believed was I didn't deserve that. I didn't know that that was underneath the hood that I couldn't see. But how I start to be able to recognize what's under the hood is what is actually showing up in my life, right? When people always ask, like, well, what do I believe then? Or what's in my subconscious? I'm like, just look at your life, look at your bank account, this, you know what numbers are in there or not in there. Look at the state of your physical um, well-being. Look at the people that you're surrounded by. Look at the state of your business. Look at fill in the blank. And that will give you some insight into what you believe because that's what you're aligned to. And that's what you keep attracting or creating. Or again, I'm only going to say it one last time, but manifesting in your life. We keep recreating what we believe. And we can only attract to the level of our beliefs or even our identity, which is a set of beliefs of who we are or what we believe ourselves to be. And so a lot of times, like coming back to that example, right, of wanting to attract love, consciously, I wanted a healthy, supportive, um, giving, faithful relationship. But unconsciously, I didn't believe I deserved it. So what did I actually attract into my life? Men who cheated, men who actually aligned with what I believed, which is I'm not worthy of love. Men are going to hurt me. I need to protect myself. And so until I rewired that, I was going to continue to attract the same type of man, no matter how like much I thought i turned on my spidey senses to like discern who's in front of me, because what's always going to do the picking is what I believe. What's in my unconscious beliefs. And so really where the work lies is rewiring those beliefs and seeing if I'm struggling to achieve what I want, if I feel blocked in it, what is it that I believe that I need to upgrade and align to my desire so that I can actually have it in my life? So another quick example, people who want to make more money, right? That's a desire I think of most beings on this planet. And yet, how come not everybody can? Well, again, what is your beliefs around money, right? So if you believe rich people are evil or it's hard to make money or it, money is a struggle or when I have too much money, I don't know who my friends are and or I can't trust people. And so then I don't want to have the money. So then I don't have to have that issue. There's all these weird money beliefs that people either were conditioned into, like they heard it from their parents straight up, or that they created a story when they were younger, a misinterpretation about an event or an experience that gets locked in as a belief. It's usually how our current set of beliefs are formed are from around birth till eight, nine years old. We're actually in a hypnotic state, meaning we're fully suggestible to whatever people tell us. And so instead of having discernment and going, "Mm, I believe that don't believe that whatever we're told around that time period of our lives of growth, we're just receiving it as truth. And then that becomes our blueprint in which we operate, create and attract in our lives. Right. And so if someone wants to create, create wealth for themselves and they have lack or scarcity beliefs, do you think they're ever going to be able to achieve wealth? No, they're always going to sabotage it, block it. That's why people say like those stories around um, those who win the lottery. It's like, they actually have lack scarcity mentality. And then they have a stroke of luck where they win this, those super lotto or mega millions And they did a study where they tracked these people. And I think it was like 70% of them end up broke or even more in debt than they were before they won that money Mm. after years. Why? Because again, you always create, track, or receive at the level of your beliefs. So even though they got all that money, they're going to sabotage it until they go right back to what they believe, which is lack and scarcity consciousness. And so- To me, when I discovered and really learned this, I dove straight into my subconscious to start rewiring like, whoa, come back to the love piece. It was like, I'm never going to have the love I want if I continue to believe the stuff around men are going to hurt you. I don't deserve love, et cetera, fill in the blanks. There was a few other ones. And so I, the first um, belief that I wired in to like baby step it was everywhere I go, all I see is good men because for me, my history with men, especially when I was a child was not healthy, was not safe. And so I needed to start to feel like that there are good men out there. And then I started to step up my beliefs around, I can be in a healthy, attractive, or a um, a healthy, loyal, and faithful relationship and really align my beliefs, right? When we talked about alignment to what it is that I desire to have in my life. And once those align, it's like, boom, it happens. And people go, oh, see, look, I manifested it. And it's like, you didn't just manifest it, right? You actually aligned to that desire. So yeah, you manifested it, you created it, you attracted it, but it doesn't just come from chanting something or thinking that you want it over and over again. Because again, if there is a belief that goes against having the thing you desire, I don't care what you do or what strategies you put into place, it, it's not going to happen. Or if it does, again, a lot of winner's stroke of luck, you will sabotage it or do whatever to bring you back down to whatever it is that you believe.
0: Amazing. Well, I love how detailed you got into it. And it feels like the, the feeling that I had around this alignment having, having to do with the heart is really about... Well, it's the heart's desires. It's aligning Mm -hmm. those heart's desires. But I love how what you're layering is, is key piece about your subconscious beliefs, being in alignment with that as well, because you can feel what you desire. But if you don't, if you don't really know what beliefs are held subconsciously, then it's going to be a hard time pulling that thing in. One of the things that I find to be fascinating is how fast something comes in, something can come in, immediately when we make that change in that shift and that's Mm -hmm. that's i think the power of how maybe why it's the whole thing however you want to call it has gotten this kind of like magical kind of air to it Mm -hmm.
1: and what i would say like i totally agree with what you said with aligning with the heart because truly to me the heart is love right that's what it represents that's what it feels that is the frequency and when we're aligned with our heart and the beliefs that we have about self, about the world, about possibility, that then connects us to what we desire. And those are heart beliefs, right? Those are more loving beliefs that actually support us and empower us to our desire. So I think we're kind of saying a similar thing, but in like a little bit different. But it's it's really like when these beliefs come from love, we're connected to our heart equals you know, attracting the things that we want or having and holding them instead of having them maybe and you're like, oh crap, it just like disappeared or was destroyed or sabotaged. Yeah.
0: Right. I love that distinction too, because it feels like there's something that I've been sensing lately about people not necessarily knowing what they want, you know, and it's nice to, to hear that, I think, because I feel a little bit more rested up if i get a little closer into what's really going on and inside of me and what i truly believe that then some of my desires might emerge more clearly Mm because there's a lot of like "Hmm, i don't know i don't know what i want Mm. and and i i think that 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 in the air it's kind of like well how do you find that and like to me there's lots of different ways i mean you can explore and study some of your values and really get clear on what you love and begin mapping some of these pieces together that brings you into more of the the energy of your feeling and tapping into that passionate energy that gives you a little stronger discernment that if you're, if you're really feeling lit up and alive and, you know, I I want this or I'm feeling that and then I get it and it feels so good. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, when you go into a situation and it doesn't feel like that. So there, there's ways, but yeah, it's, it's. So I guess I wonder about the the piece, how you might answer that, that around if people know what you want. Yeah. Just uh, expanding a little bit around If I, if I'm in a position and I'm saying, you know, I don't know exactly what I want, what, what's your take on that? What do you,
1: yeah, so I love that you bring this up because I also wanted to share another piece when I used to talk more and I use the word manifestation a lot more, I would say that there are three steps to manifest and I would uh, three steps are intention, attention, no tension. So intention is knowing what you want, right? You have to have that clarity of, de- of of your desire because if you say, well, I don't know what I want, guess what you're going to get more of? I don't know, <laughs> more <laughs> confusion um, more loops of spinning. And it's like, I don't know, I don't know. So the first thing is like, we got to switch our language around that. It's like, I'm figuring it out or it's coming to me or I'm I'm, you know, that's the first key, but knowing, and I'm going to dive more into like clarity in a second. But mm-hmm. so that's intention is like knowing, what it is that you want, specifically what you desire. Attention, step two is that alignment piece. What are the things that I'm doing, putting my attention to this desire that are getting me aligned? Whether it's I need to rewire my beliefs in some way, maybe I need to focus on it a little bit more and let my reticular activating system come into play and help me to bring that into my awareness or my existence or um, and or shedding those limiting beliefs or blocks that we have internally to align to it. So that's all the attention piece. It's like not just saying I want it, but doing the inner work to connect and align with that thing we want. And then the third step is no tension. So often is I want it to happen in my timeline or in this way. We're stuck on the how or the when. And when that happens, we're actually in a state of fear of it not happening, right? Or in control of how it's supposed to happen. And that actually is a repelling energy again, and it blocks it from coming through. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, have you ever had a moment in time where like you desire something and it came through in a whole random way that you weren't anticipating?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And so the no tension piece is like the surrendering to how it's supposed to come through when it's wanting to come through. Um, and yeah, letting it go. Like really just once you've done the work of the attention piece, it's like releasing it and surrendering to it and trusting that it's on its way in the right time, in the way that it's supposed to arrive. And if it's not meant for you, trusting that it won't show up. And if it is that whatever you want will never pass you by and that it'll come in the divine timing. So that's kind of like a little bit more in depth on, on when I like talked a lot more about manifestation or creation, but in terms of clarity, You know, a lot of us are trained at a very young age to not decide or to know what we want on our own. When we're kids, we're looking to our parents to make decisions for us, to tell us how we're supposed to be, to act, what we should like, not like. And so many times people don't grow out of that, right? We're looking externally to authority or other people to help tell us, what do I want? Who am I? What are my desires? And so it takes some relearning for some people to actually start to get connected to what their desires are. And for me, when I have worked with people in the past, it's starting to just explore and see like, well, what are the things that just light me up? What are the things that I would do if I wasn't even making money? Or what are the things that I'm naturally attracted to? Or what are the things that people around me are doing that I'm like, oh, that's cool and and just starting to make note of those things right um i also have a really beautiful hypnosis that i bring people into where they connect with their future self like who they are but 20 years in the future and they can go into that heart space and actually start to talk to this future self which is really their inner knowing really this like higher version of who they already are and when they dialogue with that higher that future self they can start to get answers And you can ask whatever you want. And many times I'll have people ask those questions of clarity, you know? And so that's one way too, because we actually know, we just don't trust ourselves.
0: (laughs) I love that you said that, yeah. It's true. I think it's all there. I mean, it's more about kind of getting out of our way. I've always seen kind of this directionality as a clearing out, you know, kind of a demolition job yeah there's so much just clutter we just filled up with all the perspectives and things and the shivs and all these things that we think we ought to do and then Mm -hmm. just kind of like you know getting a big delete button out and delete 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 do a little disk um compression and defragmentation and all that
1: totally how do you i'm curious on your end um when you want to access your own clarity or your desires what do you do what's your process
0: yeah i mean so it's a um a simpler process that it's been become over the years, but yeah. So what I do is basically just go into a heart coherence. Mm. It reminds me kind of what you were talking about earlier is like when, what I think is happening is that, you know, as we get these beliefs and the um, well, we get our beliefs aligned to our desires that in that, that energetic field, there's a heart coherence. Mm-hmm. And what I play with is just kind of going straight into that. It's like, what does hard coherence feel like, and begin to kind of just bring that in. And from that place, I almost kind of feel like there's a reverse process where if I just go into the coherence, then sometimes my desires get a little bit more clear, or mm-hmm. a certain thing might pop up, or I'll, I'll observe something that's showing up and present in my body, and mm-hmm. and it's more I'm more taking the stance of an observation simple Mm -hmm. simply observing neutrally from more of a a felt heart coherence and then Mm -hmm. in that place I can feel you know and keyword feel my desires you know I'm not thinking Mm -hmm. about them because if I'm up in the in my mind that's where it's it's like I'm trying to figure out what I desire and desire is not really in the mind it's in it's in the feeling so that's what I do I go into that space and then I and then I essentially kind of go through a few different steps but Part of that is creating a series of intentions. So, about five intentions. And the first two are usually always about going into the unconditional love and going, bringing that divine mother energy in. And then the Mm -hmm. second one is about more the divine father. So, it's more like going into the energy and the feeling of love. And then the divine father is more bringing, being in the awareness of those two linking up. And that, that's the combination of just that brings in such a strong sense of direction because. Now I'm in more of a a portal space where I'm in my heart portal, certain things Mm kind of come through. And if they're not, then I I usually just bring in, I do a little bit of Qigong work and I'll bring in like the heavenly energy and kind of call in the celestial energies and bring in that divine source energy into my heart and then go right into the core of the earth and connect to that and bring that energy up. And if and if I'm still not feeling then it's like, all right, well, let's just expand from this heart space a little bit deeper. And then I just observe. I just kind of watch what's there. I mean, if there's a little bit of tension, then I'm like, oh, okay, so this tension is there. And then I I can kind of play with my imagination a little bit and then use, you know, if it's if it's tension and I'm feeling a little bit of you know, aggravation, then it's like, oh, okay, like I'm noticing this aggravation. I'm just going to pick that aggravation up and just kind of melt it into this love and see what's there. And usually like if I, if I just create the intention to move it a little bit and say, hey, I want to I move this, then the story sometimes pops up and reveals itself. So then it it sometimes shows me, oh, okay, like this is actually coming from this relationship or this situation or this Sometimes if it's really deeper past moment, past trauma, past, I mean, it could even take me into a a, a inner child moment or even beyond this lifetime moment. So it can be very deep, just, just going into that observation.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's so powerful that you show that. And I love you going to heart coherence. It's so important. So often we're so in our heads. And so being able to access the heart intelligence is so key, and um, it's funny because I used to have a podcast. Now I'm going into like into <laughs> interviewer mode, but I was like, for those who are listening, Keenan, how do you how do you drop into heart coherence? Like, if someone was curious and wanted to get into that space of really being in heart coherence, how would they do it, or how how do you do it?
0: Yeah, so kind <laughs> I'm of flipping
1: like the script on you right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is great. We can just interview yeah. each other here, right? This is cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, so i, I just kind of like what I had said, it, really, what I start with is is more of that going imagining that I'm three hundred feet tall first mm-hmm. and just allowing myself in some ways to kind of go out of body and just like experience this what I call pure source love energy. so i start I start to notice how that's actually funneling down in my system. And then I'll begin Ooh. to kind of clear out the the le- the levels of the field. So that's the crown chakra first. And I'll just intend for whatever light and energy that's coming in to come through this pure filter of truth. And then if anything's blocking my intuition, I just want to clear that, allow my intuition to be clear. And then I allow whatever needs to be expressed or heard to be clear. that's more at the, th- the throat level. And then I, and then I bring it into the heart. And then from there, I just more or less send it right down into the earth mm-hmm. and then go back up into the roots. So I'll start, it really takes me a little longer because I, I tend to be a little more, my patterning has been like a little more up and out. So I'm really comfortable with that. And and if you're not, you can roll your, your eyes back in your head a little bit. Sometimes that helps me. But mm-hmm. so I spend a little more time down in the earth space, which is, um, maybe a little less familiar it's not as much of my wiring now it's become more so Mm -hmm. but i just kind of imagine the the roots of my feet kind of going down and there's even mudras that go along with some of this that you can use with your hands that are just i mean qigong is such an amazing so good (laughs) so in some ways it's a simple way of just kind of going into the, the heavenly energy and then going into the earthly energy and i'm just using those terms to describe um these two aspects but when i bring the energy up from the earth and i'm I'm bringing it up through my feet and then my calves and i really spend time in the legs because really the the legs are your root chakra you're really when you're feeling your legs you're really grounding into that sense of safety and security and then Mm -hmm. i clear anything up that's you know wants to move a little bit in my emotional field creative space sacral chakra and then digestive sense of truth in my core bringing it right into the heart and then from there, just allow my energy to expand spherically around me and, and fill the room. And so it's just kind of allowing my energy to spiral out in all directions and fill the room that I'm in. And then I bring that that expansive energy outside of the room into the, the neighborhood. And then I'll go ahead and bring that into the state and into the country and the earth and beyond and just get this felt sense of no separation and so it's mm-hmm. you know it's as deep as you really want to go. I mean you can you can really just also, you know, bring your awareness into your heart space mm-hmm. and see what and see what happens. Yeah. That's kind of this these are yeah, these are a combination of tools that I learned from various people and have been practicing and it, it's kind of just finding your own rhythm with it, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. But I think the ultimate is what I'm hearing through all of this. There's such a, a theme around just heart connection period For whether it's to create, whether it's to, whether it's to find clarity. Um, yeah. And like, you, it's funny when you see those sayings, where people are like, get out of your head and be in your heart. And like, how do you actually get out of your head? You can't, you would <laughs> collapse, but it's like, instead of letting your logical mind run. It's like connecting again to that heart intelligence and letting it guide you to um provide the answers or the wisdom that you need because a lot of times like I'll just sit quietly and meditate too for clarity to come through. Um sometimes I even like I'll do mental priming where I'll write on a post it, like, you know, a question. Hmm. And then I like up that. where I pass by a lot. And so it's like I see it, right? And I'll take a moment and ask myself the question. And then I'll actually say, I have talked to my angels and guides, but uh, so I don't know who's listening, but I'll say that. Or you could say God, divine, whatever it is for you. And I'll say, bring the, you know, show me the answer. And sometimes it'll come either through me. I'm Claire audio. So I'll hear things. Or it could be through a friend who says something, or it could be through you catch something in your eye that no one else saw. It could be an article or it could be, anything. And it's like, sometimes the answers come through there, but again, it takes that like priming of your mind and heart to say, this is my desire to know and show me or, or send me the wisdom or the answer and just allowing it to come through instead of forcing it and figuring it out in your mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you can even ask for it. I think, you know, what, what do I desire? Please show me. And I'll sometimes call on my higher self and The divine source, angels, and any guides that are supporting me—that they're in my highest well-being and and alignment—and and and answers come in. I mean, it's you—you at first it feels like, oh, I don't know, it feels a little (laughs) far out, and then stuff starts coming in, and there's a little bit of a deeper trust that gets anchored in, and it's a really nice. There's some momentum that gets that gets built in that, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's funny when I was studying yoga, I I I was diving in and I was like, I want to know, you know, I want to really go into this. And I appreciate this thing that one of my teachers told me at one point. You know, he's like, because I was asking about the chakras and I was studying the energy systems and centers. And you know, I'm just, you know, like, what do you, what's your take? What are the chakras about? And he's like, you know. I could give you a lot of answers, but why? You know, it's so it's such a it's such a direct experience to to find mm-hmm. what's truly there. That why don't you sit naked in front of a mirror for thirty days straight and just observe what's there, and and then you tell That's me. One way world. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, wow. Well, okay. So okay. I don't, actually, I don't think I followed through the full 30 days, but I did, a, I did a portion of that exercise. But one of the, the thing that I actually wanted to point to was the fact that he said that, you know, it's so many people think about this, these cities and these kind of almost like these two, which a city is really like a, um, and this is S-I-D-D-H-I,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's a, in some ways they're kind of like a superpower you know you get you get access to different different ways of perceiving reality and so many people get caught and lost in the idea of uh, attaining those and he's like out of the the 15 years i've been with our teacher because he he actually brought me to a teacher in india that we were studying with together mm-hmm. and he's like you know it's it just comes back to the heart and mm-hmm. at that and at that time i was like hmm You know, I didn't really think too much of it. And I, you know, I I kept placing a lot of my awareness in the third eye, you know, Mm -hmm. you think, well, well, I want to clear this intuition and I want, I want to be able to have this clarity of what, like, what is this attainment that's happening or what is this process? If I, if I bring my awareness into this place, perhaps my awareness will expand. Right. You know, and there's that kind of feeling. And he's like, the, the thing that I keep getting over and over again is that, that it's not about that. It's about the heart. And I'm so glad that he said that because it, it did subtly steer me in a little bit of a different direction. And and he had me focus a little bit more on five chakras. He didn't even, he didn't even recommend going up into that, to that Ajna space, the third eye, he was just like, focus on the bottom five. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because it's, it's like you're, you're bringing the energy more into the body. You're, you're, it's like, you're bringing it all down to earth, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And,
1: yeah.
0: And if, well, look, I- Anyway,
1: no, no I love that <laughs> and I just think there's there's value in all of it right because when we I think there's something so cool about like the divine and the mystical and um really being connected into source creator um when we do go into the higher levels but sometimes too again when we're so in our mind and not rooted in the body um it creates a big disconnection I think for a lot of people um just on this planet I see it like you can walk around and it's so apparent how disconnected people are from their bodies and um, and also from their hearts. You know, that's not what we were taught to do, <laughs> is to connect in there at all.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it, if we're talking about connection and having more connection, which I think is really what's well, more fulfilling than what we think we want, you know, it might be, well, if I can just have this and if I can get this job or I want I have this amount of money, then something fill in the blank and the if it's such a killer it's such a killer to it, it leads yeah. us down these paths of thinking that some fantasy that we might have about our life can come true and yes like the power of the imagination is so important but how do we use that do we use it to kind of lock us into this almost tension like you're saying you know this pressure that might exist if we just need to achieve this fantasy before something happens And if we bring it back to just connecting, I mean, at the end of the day, if we end up getting that thing anyways, and we're not really connected to our body and our heart, it's not really going to be that fulfilling anyways. Um, So why not just go into some of these really intrinsic, intrinsically valuable components to the human experience, like, like the heart space. mm -hmm. And, and that, that brings us right into the connection with other people and to, you know, the connection with nature and, I mean, to me, relationships and and the ways that we we are connected is really what brings fulfillment.
1: Yeah. Ultimately. Well, I think, you know, when I think of the heart space too, right, that's the emotional center. And I remember hearing this a long time ago and it so resonated where it was like, it's actually not the things that we want externally. It's the feeling that we're going to get when we have it right? And so, so often it's like, well, why do you want the romantic relationship? It's not the actual person, but it's the feeling we're going to achieve by having it, whether for some people it could be safety, right? I, I need a partner, um, or it could be love. It could be intimacy. It's like that feeling, same thing with money. Why do we want the money? It's not the actual money, but it's the feeling we're going to get when we have money, whether for some people it could be power, others, it could be freedom others. It could feel like security, um, et cetera. So it's like, it just reminds me, because I know we we both had talked about dispensa too, and like the work even of a hypnotist, it's like so about like I bring a lot of people into visualization and the feeling of the having, but it's the feeling of the having is what attracts, but it's really the feeling of the having is already being achieved because that's what we desire. Again, it's not the thing. The thing is the vehicle to the feeling we think, but yet we are the vehicle for ourselves to already access that feeling. And then as a byproduct, the thing kind of like floats right in, but we're like, oh, cool. We already felt that. So it's nice to have. And so it's a bit more lasting, I would say, and more fulfilling when we do draw in the things we want, when we can already activate the emotional space of um, how we want to feel for the things that we are saying that we want. Um, that just occurred for me to share, but.
0: I love that you I share that. That's... Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's feels so important too because it's that it reminds me of the beautiful paradox and irony of all this whole thing because i mean to me there there's a feedback that we get when we close our eyes you know like we just close our eyes and just feel what's there i mean that 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 can sometimes be such an indicator where where we're at and maybe what's really going on and it's it can be a very different Feeling to close your eyes and and feel fulfilled when you're you are drawing all the other things in in your external world that you see when you open your eyes Mm -hmm. but it's a very different thing to draw it in from a, a place that's um like a place of trust because if we're if we're focusing on the what if and we're 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 bringing in well, if I just have this thing, then I'll be good versus if we just actually get in touch with the feeling that we really want from getting that thing like you're saying, then the questions are very different. It's like, well, great. Now that I know what the feeling is, how do I get that feeling now? Or maybe even like as soon as possible? And it might be that the feeling that we're that we're getting, say it's freedom, and the money the money is what we really thought we wanted. Of freedom is actually what the feeling is. So then I just go running right now, just bust out the door and just go running and get the feeling of freedom. What happens? Mm-hmm. Like money starts to show up. That's the irony. Or like the person who we think we want to be with, oh, the feeling is actually safety and it's security. So if I go into the sense of like, what can really bring me that now, all of a sudden I walk out of my house the next day and like someone shows up. That could be my partner and it's- yeah
1: it's wild That's, how that works yeah it feels so works. backwards too we're like well no when i have then i will and what's that saying they say like um it's so what is it be no when i have then i'll be and something but it's like that be do have right be in the energy of having or what it is the emotion and then you'll do the thing then to have what it is that you want um but you know coming back to the Relationship stuff. like I didn't feel worthy of having like someone truly love me. And so what I was then chasing because I felt unlovable was someone to love me. But the feeling I really wanted was to feel loved. But because, again, I didn't feel lovable, I kept attracting someone or men into my life who reflected that not being lovable. And they treated me like I was unlovable, right? cheat, disrespect. I dated a sociopath. It was a whole bag of not so much fun. And yet the feeling I wanted was to feel safe, feeling loved. And so the rewiring occurred where it was like, okay, how can I actually experience love? Not that somebody else is going to give it to me, um, but that I can feel it now. And that's actually when I dove into like self-love hardcore. Cause I was like, I get to create this feeling of love for self first, before I can even let anybody else love me externally. And then once I did, I was so filled up. I didn't need a relationship. I didn't care about having that. And then what flowed in, I'm in the most amazing relationship now um, that's been the most healthy I've ever had. And while I still can't predict what's gonna happen in the future, I know I've got me and I have the feeling of love no matter what, that whether it's here or it goes away, it doesn't matter. And I think because I feel that security of love within self, it's actually going to by a symptom cause security in the love more long lasting inside of the relationship, right? Because again, if I didn't feel lovable, what would I do, even if I attracted in a healthy relationship, I would sabotage it. I would do all the things to block it, destroy it because it doesn't align with what I believe or how I feel about myself or what I'm worthy of
0: right the self-fulfilling prophecy yeah Yeah.
1: so um yeah creating that feeling as we we mentioned it's like I created that within myself and then it's like all this stuff that reflected the love that I wanted to experience started to come in externally but it's because I generated the feeling internally first
0: yeah thank you for sharing all that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's it's just nice to hear more about your story and how all that happened and and just that you're willing to to share the pieces that that you were in. Cause we've all kind of been in this place and I think, yeah, it just makes me feel that it's okay to be where we are. Totally. You know, we think that we just want to be somewhere else. And then it's, I don't know, this one teacher, a friend, a friend of mine has this teacher and she's like, you know, enjoy the drama of where you're at. Cause one day you're going to miss it. You're going to miss all the stuff that you had to work through and all that. I thought that Mm -hmm. was nice. Add on. Well, so I think it'd be fun to tie this into to your um, work as a hypnotherapist because I, I just wonder a little bit, I'm curious more about that field. And it, it just feels like it's, you know, very powerful place to to do the rewiring. And it seems like you're you're still doing some of that, but you're also interested in semi-leaving that behind because you're you're working with this new method. And I want to make sure we get to touch on that method because I want to hear more about it and I'm going to be coming out to learn more about it and diving in. Cause I I'm love this. So, work, so.
1: I'm so pumped Keenan for you to come in October for yeah, this training. Um, be the next level. Yeah. I mean, so hypno- when I, we, I talked about this earlier and I'll just kind of create a, sh- a shorter version of it, but you know, when I discovered that it's the subconscious that really is the piece of creation, right. Of what we desire. Um, and it's within the rewiring. And so you need to rewire the subconscious. I was looking for the fastest path. How do we get into the subconscious? Hypnosis. That's how I got attracted to it. Um, We learned everything. Most of what our operating system, when we were in a state of hypnosis, state of hypnosis means you're suggestible, right? You're more apt to receive what's being told to you than normal. And in that suggestible state, you're usually like in a theta brainwave state. Okay. That's what we were when we were kids. We're literally like Little sponges and so a lot of what i already mentioned before we believe about ourselves about the world was created when we were younger and again some of it came from misperceptions of events in our life that our little kid brain was misinterpreting and then we create a negative belief and that gets locked in our, our subconscious too and this becomes how we're navigating the world with this blueprint or this this um, operating system And so when I was like, oh, okay, if that's how we learn, we were in states of hypnosis, let me get people back in there so that we can rewire faster instead of working so hard with the repetition, right? Like, thank goodness for the secret, but also it kind of screwed people up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like,
1: just think what you want, think what you want, think what you want. And (laughs) it doesn't override the belief system, right? However, repetition can really support you. Like there's multiple ways to rewire wire and one of them is through repetition, right? Say something enough. Cause really what a belief is, is a thought that you've thought over and over again, that becomes a belief, right? So the repetition works two is through hypnosis. Three is through high impact events, right? Something occurs. You get into a car wreck. Boom. Now you something shift in your belief. You might be scared to get in a car. You think it's not safe to be in the road, or you were open to love. You're so excited. Your first love does something horrible to you. Boom. Create a belief about what love means. Shut yourself up. And so high impact events, or it could be high impact too in a positive way. Like maybe you're scared to speak on stage. You finally get the gumption to get on there and you have the best experience. You're like, I love this. So then immediate rewiring too, that can occur in those moments. So it can go positive or or negative. Um, But for me with hypnosis, I was like, wow, what a powerful way to be able, oh, and then also through the body is another way of um, rewiring is somatic work, right? But when you can get someone into that trance state where the linear mind that judges, deflects, um, gets calmed down or quieted, the subconscious becomes more open to receive suggestions. And that's why I loved about hypnosis. You could do a lot of deep healing inside of it, doing different processes. There's a gazillion things you could do while someone's in state. And then also being able to drop suggestions in. So depending on what it was that my client needed, there could be different processes that I'll do, right? Like even one for clarity, we were talking about, I might do a future self um, process while in hypnosis, or sometimes I'll do age regression with someone to find out if they have a negative belief they know, they're like, how, where did that come from? I can actually do regression to find those moments in time in their past when that belief was formed, And then we can rewrite those events to actually see from the adult perspective, how inaccurate the kid brain was in deciding that usually it's it's childhood, right? And then I can start to wire in what they want. And so a lot of times when I worked with my clients, I do deep intakes with them and I would get their language on what they wanted because you are actually most suggestible to yourself, which is why it's so important to be mindful of what you're telling yourself every single moment because you you yeah you are hypnotized by yourself you'll listen to the things that you say but then I'll take what they say use it in their language write a custom script and then at the end when we've done like the cleaning up piece I'll start to embed in what they say they want. And then once you believe that and you feel that right that's the whole process what I'm telling them I evoke the emotion. I'll usually do some NLP and like screen work where they see themselves step into it fully immersed into the experience Um, I'll leave them with a recording. And then through the repetition of listening, all of a sudden they embody and become this whole other person with a new set of beliefs that then can attract easily what they want. And so hypnosis is extraordinarily powerful. It can work really quick. Sometimes it's really deep. It can take a little bit longer, but um, it's wild. Like everything is stored in there. And sometimes when you have a hard time, like I had this client, I have to share this was wild. Two of them actually. One of them, he came to me cause he had a, actually a porn addiction and he wanted to have a relationship with women. And he was like, his relationship with women was, was so skewed because of how he created the relationships with, you know, pornography. And so, um, we did a regression piece and what came up was a moment in time when he was two years old and he was playing with toys in his closet and his dad came in and said, Hey, play with it like this. And he like looked at his dad, he said, and then he did it his way. And his dad said, no. And I was like, what, how, what did you just, how did you feel? And what did you decide in the moment? And he said that I was stupid. And he came out of that and he was like, Stephanie, are you fucking kidding me? He goes, I've been struggling with the belief my entire life that I'm stupid. I had no idea where this came from. And he was 27 with a multiple seven figure business. He's like, I built this entire business to prove that I wasn't stupid. And and it came when he was two, because sometimes two people think it has to, like, these negative beliefs come from highly traumatic events. It can come from, as I mentioned, a misperception, right, of when he was two, that when his dad said no to him playing with something in a certain way, it meant he was stupid. Um, I also had another moment in time. What was
0: the piece about his, his pornography addiction? How does that tie into the to oh, no, this was
1: really, it was is around um feeling not good enough too so i think there was a matter of not good enough for love and so then the only way you can connect is through this really superficial oh, okay. way so the women feeling
0: stupid get born. fed into the other piece yeah
1: correct yeah it all arose through yeah. that Where we're like whoa because the subconscious you know stores everything and sometimes people don't have access to it like even i had another client this was wild um she had um she was having panic attacks And she was a TV hostess was had a job in Dubai and she was like afraid to go because flying on airplanes and leaving. She started to freak out. And so um, one of her friends was a client of mine and she's like, go see Steph," because she went and did, as she said, everything. And the final answer she got to help with her panic attacks was here, take this blue pill. All right. Mm -hmm. So like, numb it. And so she was like, "Mm, I don't really want to do that. Told her friend, her friend said, go see me. And so, um, We could, we could talk all day consciously, but she couldn't figure out why she was having panic attacks. And in fact, she had her first one when she was 21, she was in Vegas, woke up in the morning, um, was feeling that feeling and had to run outside and be out in the open to calm herself. Same thing happened when she was having her second son, she was in the hospital room, started to feel like things were closing in, ran out and had to like leave the hospital room. So again, we couldn't figure it out. I put her into hypnosis and a moment in time came up when she was seven years old and it was the Northridge earthquake and everything started falling and she ran under the table and things were smashing. And I saw her start to cry and get into the emotion of it. And she said that she had to run outside. Yeah, and then um, they had to sleep in their car that night and there was no water and power for a week. And when the tremors would hit it was late at night and early in the morning and she said that's usually when it would kick up for her was late at night and early in the morning so what was so powerful is we were able to get into the subconscious with stores all this stuff to go where did that come from and how do we like rewrite that and heal that and let that little girl that seven-year-old that still was getting activated right when to um feel safe again and that's what we did and then you know i did the suggestions in to embed in her afterwards. And she flew to Dubai and was fine. She flew to Cancun and was fine. And she's like, I'm good. And so, yeah, that's the power. And I have so many stories of how the hypnotic work helps, but really, again, it's getting in the subconscious to clear what no longer serves us and get us realigned with what we want. And so, um, I know you mentioned rapid rewire, like these tools are so great for clearing, but still what hypnosis, the power of that is, um, not only in the clearing, but being able to embed in what you actually want to wire in the things that you desire to align with what you want to create or attract into your life.
0: Right. Beautiful. Thanks for sharing all that. So, mm-hmm. so pretty much what you mentioned was within the context of what you're calling hypnotherapy, but it's, it's kind of a wider take. It's a little more holistic and you're bringing in these other pieces. Is that, is that right? So do you, do you call yeah. all of that hypnotherapy or what do you, what would you, would you what say I just mentioned, like hypnotherapy plus or something else.
1: <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know. I just call it like transformation, <laughs> right? It's so difficult. So often we want to put labels on like what's actually happening or what is the thing. And I'm like, I don't know. All I know is I want to get the result for my client. That's really what it is, is like cool. whatever needs to happen, whoever I need to be for that shift or that transformation or that healing to occur for them. That's what I do. And that's why I've been obsessed for. Well, 14 years as a practitioner, but over 20 years as a seeker of my own healing to experience or be trained in as many modalities as possible, because I know it's also not a one size fits all for the clients that I'm working with, but what is required in this moment from what they need to get us to the result that they want. And again, I found hypnosis to be really powerful. So it could just be called hypnotherapy, but I'm bringing in all these other things (laughs) into the mix when they're in trance to kind of help them to get to their result. So there's I know a, there's a name for it. Yeah.
0: There's a body worker I worked with lately and, you know, I was asking him what, like what all this is. And he's like, don't try to put labels on me. <laughs> oh, see, <laughs> I won't take any labels. I'll take, I'll break out any, any label you want to put on me. Um, And I, and I mean, I suppose I asked you because I, I'm feeling into the the context of what you've been calling hypnosis and hypnotherapy as as you know your your career path and then you're, you're of course bringing all these other amazing pieces into it mm-hmm. and i love you that you're you're an integrity around just wanting to bring the result because i mean that's gonna whatever you're doing that's gonna ultimately make you you know successful so there's that and and i i, well, I guess what i'm i'm wanting to do is feel into where rapid wire rewire fits in because you've had some quite a bit of a success doing your thing. And then you, you more or less let some of that go to, to move into this rapid rewire. And some people you, you were explaining were like, wow, I mean, that's a lot to let go. You know, you're making good money or you had all this going on. Why, why? And I wonder if you might bring that story in, because I think it's a powerful piece around just your, your trust in the method and what you really feel, how it's going to bring a lot of transformation in, into the world.
1: Yeah. So, um, Rabbit Rewire, after 14 years of being in a practitioner, if I'm being dead honest, I got tired of listening to people's shit. Like, it is a lot and it's heavy being a practitioner to constantly absorb what people are dealing with and trying to like figure out what's the best way to get to them to result. Right. To me, it's an art form, but it can be a little exhausting in that art to like sort and figure and, and stuff. And so also the processing piece felt quite taxing after 14 years. And so I, um, and I was working with like really high profile, really high achieving people. So they demanded results and which is why I also, went so crazy and finding the best modalities to support them because they were paying me really good money to get them results and get them fast. And yet still, even with good money, it was like, it was, it was just still energetically taxing. And, um, last year I actually had a miscarriage and I deeply desire to be a mom. So it was extraordinarily painful and probably the biggest adult trauma I've experienced in my life. I got pregnant without trying. So I'm like, <gasps> this is our little miracle, like what a blessing. And then nine weeks later, I had an excruciatingly painful miscarriage, um, physically painful. And then what followed suit, of course, was the mental emotional pain that followed once the physical pain subsided. And I know that there's like no timeline for grieving. So it's not like, oh, get over it in a week or four weeks, maybe five weeks. But I was stuck um, in deep sadness and grief for five months. Um, And again, still not saying five months is is a short enough time. But when I was, I was having days where I couldn't function or I couldn't get out of bed and um, just live life in the ways that I wanted to. And while my tools were amazing and they were able to create some relief at times, it still wasn't getting me to where I needed to be or where I wanted to be. And so when I look back on it, it was so divine how all of this happened, like that miscarriage happened for a reason, because I was meant to be brought to these protocols, these tools, which we call the rapid rewire method. And um, my co-founder Wesley, he, in one session used our trauma release protocol on me and processed the trauma, drained the emotional charge that after 60 minutes, I couldn't even connect to sadness and grief anymore. It was gone. I was like, I would think about it and I couldn't even feel sad or grief. And literally 60 minutes prior, you would even just say the word miscarriage and poof, I'd start bawling. I'd walk around, I'd see other people with their newborn babies and they, I would like become an emotional wreck. But it literally stopped after he did the full process because he healed that, right? He healed the, the actual trauma because we don't have to hold on to things forever. And I think that's what a lot of people think. It has to take a long time Or it's just going to be something that you learn to cope with. Mm -hmm. And it's just life. and what I discovered with these protocols. And so I kept like using these tools and clearing things at rapid speed, things I'd been stuck around with for years. And then after seven weeks of like consistently working with these tools, I got the divine command and this is how I create everything in my life is through divine command. I heard you're meant to bring these tools into the world. And I always do what I'm told because i've also not done what i've told in the past to some um not so great results and so i was like okay use me for service right and so that's when i actually approached wesley and i was like hey this is what came through and he was like interesting you know my business partner passed away earlier this year of covid and i was waiting for someone to step forward it's you and so we merged and birthed the rapid rewire method and we've had you know we launched it last october We've had three full trainings since we've got another one coming up this October. We've done corporate trainings. We, you know, I've done a more speaking and podcasting things around this and other things in such a short time. And because I think people want this work, like we're in a time now when like the world is on fire, especially after the pandemic, mental health issues are, it's like a pandemic also, right? Mm -hmm. And we don't have time to sit on couches for years to clear things. We don't have time to just have coping mechanisms. We've got to get people back to functioning. We've got to release this because there's so much destruction of self and of world happening that I really believe these tools are going to be the game changer because they do work fast. They are effective. The results that happen, happen in real time and they're permanent. Like I never had to revisit the miscarriage again to do any more healing on it. It was just done. And even like my right hand and the company, the reason why she came to work with the company, she had an eating disorder and 10 years she was in therapy, never worked. Same trauma release protocol cleared it. She's never had a problem with food again after 60 minutes. And then she was like, what the heck is this? So she came on board, you know, and we have a bunch of different types of tools, which is so beautiful. So really when we say, what can we do with these protocols, it's to clear any sort of mental or emotional turmoil. Um, and not just in the moment, right. But permanently. So sometimes you could say, well, breath work or somatic work can downregulate the nervous system. So now the mental emotional turmoil has decreased but then you go back into real life and it's like, boom, you get triggered again. Ours is like, once we clear that, that emotional charge to the experience, like maybe I'm angry with my in-law and I don't know how to stop being angry or for me, I've been annoyed with people or feeling hurt and you get stuck in that. We can actually clear that and it's just gone, right? So we clear mental, and emotional turmoil. We can also help people break through in our barriers, resolve any problems, setbacks, struggles they're having. We can rewire those limiting beliefs, um, and we can even take people into full-blown spiritual awakenings through our processes, where people can experience that non-dual and not have to, you know, drink ayahuasca or <laughs> burn themselves and put frog poison. Actually, I do that because that's a whole different process. <laughs> but it's so cool that people can actually have these awakenings too through our tools, and they're so simple. That's the cool thing that I love about this. They're literally in a script. They're simple to facilitate on yourself or another follow the script if you can read a script you can actually be empowered to catalyze a healing a transformation and integration for another being we also integrate stuck identities but that might be a deeper conversation so it's like this is what the power of this work can do and it works again fast effectively and it can be easily applied it's very systematic like you don't for me in hypnosis it's like hmm okay they're in trance what way do I help them get to the result, right? Like I said, it was an art form. This one, it's not that it's not an art form, but it's, again, systematic where you know you can get them to a result if you just follow this. It's almost guaranteed. So I don't know other protocols that can do that where you can like guarantee a result or at least, you know, a significant shift. And so that's why I'm obsessed. I mean, there's more features I could talk (laughs) about why it's amazing. I will shut up right now. Yeah, nice. But um, I've experienced it first, which is why it was so impactful for me. And then as I've run these on other people, I've seen the shifts and I've even run these from stage at retreats to entire groups and people still get results. Mm -hmm. And so coming back to, well, I thought you were tired of processing people. What's so dope about these tools too, is you actually don't even need to hear the narrative or the story. You go, what's the problem? What's the emotional charge? How intense is it? Great. Boom. Drop into the script, depending on what you're trying to achieve, choose which protocol, and then you're done. And when we've done these, you know, even via Zoom or I've run them in retreats, I don't even hear what they're saying. I give them the prompt. They process themselves. And by the end, I'm like, how does everybody feel? And they're like, holy crap, something I've been stuck around with for six years gone. Oh my God. I had this like lack insecurity in this area. I feel confident and good now. And I'll check in with them a few days later and I still feel that way. So it's pretty neat. Where now I actually don't mind processing people again because <laughs> I don't actually have to listen to the stuff. I can just really let them do their own work, but just give them the right prompts.
0: That's amazing. That's huge. Well, I'm I'm all for anything that goes right to the core of it and uproots roots it. And sounds like that's exactly what's going on with this tool.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep that's what we do so I cannot wait for you to come in October one I can't wait to see you again it's been a long time yeah, likewise. Um, and, yeah and then second yeah. obviously for you to be empowered with these protocols
0: absolutely yeah it'll be fun to meet the community and see where this thing goes and expands and yeah I think I'm in, in a bit of a similar scenario in myself with myself too I think some of my mm-hmm. methodologies have you know they're the one that does Feels systematic and almost guaranteed that that i'm reminded of is a Martini method
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that's been amazing to take people through that protocol and it's oh, yeah. very thorough it's very cognitive there's an element of it that feels a little extraneous but it, it's still effective and i love it and yeah just to deepen more into this is going to be a lot of fun so yeah i i love that you're highlighting the piece about how, how necessarily needed this is at this time too it it yeah i mean just after the the pandemic i mean suicide rates of do- of physicians have reached an all time high i mean the there's some stuff just happening within the way that we understand health and and how to work through what's really going on that's just a little inverted a little little backwards and yeah this feels so important because it feels like you know the whatever is present in our lives the emotional charges whatever the the tension the the heavy energy that we're we're having the stress um, the fact that we can target some of these things that that are at play at such a core level, that I mm-hmm. think in some ways it feels like this this field or this maybe this method it feels new or it feels sort of almost revolutionary because we're we have that backdrop of how we've been doing medicine and we've been kind of caught in this like quote unquote normalcy of how health health is basically addressed or how diseases address and how we picture health. And yeah, I think we're going to move probably much more into this is just kind of my, my feeling and sense, but um, we'll probably be end up, you know, as people come into more of this awareness of tools like this, I think we'll move into a place of seeing how deep some of the psycho-emotional, spiritual, you know, work or, or rewiring is because when it happens, it's just so amazing to watch. I mean, your stories are amazing. The fact that that woman, she was in her therapy for 10 years. And then, you know, in just one hour, she's like, what, what happened? What's how did this, and, yeah, then it's, just gone. and it's wild to see how much, because I know it hasn't been this, this method necessarily, but having been through certain other processes, and maybe they're just intuitive ones I've learned from other people that when something is just, you hit on it and, and the energy that's there that's can condensed and it's this density and it gets released we just simply don't think about it anymore. And that's that's almost kind of the funny thing is like you you don't even have the thought of what happened or like if that thing's in, thing's there anymore because it's just not. And we're in a totally different new reality. So, yeah, I think your sense on how this is really going to change the world is is in is in that you know, we're going to realities, personal realities will be changed and those personal realities will feed into collective and it's going to be much different scenes. So thank you for doing this work and presenting it, sharing all your perspectives and just being who you are in the world.
1: Oh, thanks. Look, I'm just being, I'm just doing what I'm being told to do. And, um, I think there was a time in my life where I felt like out, out, the un, like the wounded part of myself, right? Or the unevolved part of myself would do things for recognition, for um, love, to feel like I'm enough. And fortunately, through all the work I've done now, I'm like, it's really just about service and how can we help? And so that's where my heart is aligned now, which feels so good because it's so much cleaner in the way that I get to serve and contribute to others around me or to humanity and um i really believe when we talk about empowerment what does that look like it's not just that we can do something for another but we can actually literally hand something over to somebody that they can help themselves or another with and again that's another reason why i love these tools it's like these scripts you can run it on yourself you don't have to go run to somebody else and have them help you but then not only that but these people and you'll be empowered now to use it to help another And I was like, that's the ripple effect that I see. That's really going to be the transformation and that I get to be used now to like put these tools into the hands of the masses for global healing. Like I really believe deep in my core that that's what this gets to be. And it's exciting, you know? And like you said, the change that happens immediately and your reality becomes different. I just did a Instagram live with one of our students and she was sharing, she was at a no barriers event this weekend. Um, And this woman who she met was, has some disease where she's been going blind for the past 20 something years. And then she's going through a divorce. So I can't even imagine what it's like to be losing your eyesight, right? And how your world is going to change that way. Of course, mm-hmm. there's going to be like deep resistance, fear, emotional turmoil. And Emily, who's only been a student, she came in the July cohort. It's now August 31st. She goes, do you want me to help you with that? Or can I help you? And she said in 40 minutes, because that's all the time they had till the next event started, she helped this woman um, go from an emotional charge of, I think, like a nine to a four. And she's like, I didn't get to finish it, but we got there. And the Zumba instructor who does the whole world happiness organization, he he was, he's (laughs) some dude who does that. but he was teaching Zumba at this event. (laughs) She, that woman came and he goes, what did you do? You're different. You're more open. You're more happy. And he's like, she goes, oh, well, Emily did some process on me. And so the fact that, like you said, her reality now shifted to the point where that old self, her probably victim self, fearful self isn't even present anymore, that her reality gets to change even though she's losing her eyesight, she could still be open and joyful. And even more than she ever was before. Not only does she get to experience it, but the people around her get to experience that. And then what does that do to pass that on? Right. And so it was so neat to hear that story where I was like, Whoa. like, it's so, it's so neat. Yeah. Perceptions, realities get to be shifted in quickly um, so that everybody gets to be more in their power and a source of contribution versus us struggling in our own stuff.
0: Yeah. Totally, imagine that. <laughs> imagine that. Yeah, I think it'd be nice. To, maybe we'll finish on this piece about Richard Rudd talks about that. This he released some article, and he's just like, you know, when do we get to be done? You know, there's a time where the transformation has to end, and I think we've been in this almost phase where there's been all this revolutionary medicine, all this alternative health modalities and and fields emerging and there's so much to explore and to receive and that's all beautiful and amazing and there's a certain point where we're like when do we just get to be done with it and and really live into the lives we want to be living and Mm -hmm. i think it's 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 now (laughs) i think as soon as we can get there right i mean Um, now as in that and yeah so i'm just happy there's more tools available and entering into the mainstream that that bring us into that place And i think a lot of people probably walk around maybe not knowing even what's going on too so just some awareness around that is amazing too because i think a lot of things times life is presenting itself to us and then it's like how is this even happening and Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i just imagine a lot more empowerment and a lot more fulfillment being spread around Oh yeah. Years
1: well, and thank you for the work that you do. I mean, I know we're on a similar mission, right? Totally. And you have been such a powerful influence for so many people and literally had a hand in being a catalyst for their growth, transformation, their healing. And even by you having this podcast shows your commitment to like how do I share more to contribute to the world in ways that, you know, will will make a difference. And so I just want to acknowledge you for the work that you do too.
0: I appreciate that. Know. I receive you. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me. Anything else you want to mention, or how we might be able to reach you?
1: Um, that's it. If people want to learn more about um, Rapid Rewire, they can go to rapidrewiremethod.com. Um, yeah, follow us on the Grams. I'm sure you're going to put all the links in the show notes. I'll put the
0: <laughs> links in there, and I'll. Let you guys. Thanks for being here. Super fun Yay. chatting with you as always, and hopefully we'll do another one sometime soon.
1: Yeah, I would love that. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you.